What's up, everybody? This is Majet from Diva Girl Tribe, and you're listening to the Diva Girl Radio Podcast, the show that connects, supports, educates, and empowers people who want fun, unique, and diverse experiences in their lives and businesses. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. You could have been somewhere else doing something else, but you decided to be here with me today. So for that, I am truly grateful. So today, I'm super duper excited to get to know and to talk to our fabulous guest today. Our guest today is Christine De Filippis, a movement motivator, body liberator, and unconventional fitness professional. Christine is the owner of Pop Fit Studio, a H-A-E-S, it's health at every size and weight-inclusive fitness studio in the Philadelphia suburbs. She's also the creator of FitProEd, an online education platform for group fitness instructors that would like to expand their expertise. After close to 30 years in the fitness industry, struggling with eating disorders, weight cycling, body dysmorphia, and a lot of unhappiness, Christine shifted her focus to joyful movement and created the Breaking Body Biases podcast to amplify the voices of fit pros, dietitians, and other wellness practitioners looking to destroy diet culture. Wow. Christine helped women develop better relationships with movement and their bodies. Christine, welcome. Thank you for me. Thank you so much for having me. It's a very impressive bio, right? Like I was telling you earlier, like um, it kind of gives the, the reader or the audience an idea of your story. However, I would like to ask you if it's okay, um, if you can elaborate a little bit more of like your journey into becoming a business owner and starting you know, your own studio, um, even creating a platform for um, fitness instructors and having a podcast. So yeah, please. Yeah. That's your story. Yeah, we all have a we all have our own journey that we go on that we find like our purpose and our mission and a lot of it comes from struggle that we struggle with things in our lives and I struggled for a long time very silently which is why I now tell everyone my struggles from when I was younger and because I don't want other people to have those same struggles and I just want it just to be less complicated and um, we're just kind of removing all the barriers to fitness. It's really hard to get started in a workout if you are not currently working out. I mean, well, a lot of us during the pandemic became very inactive or less active or just different in our workouts. And it can be really challenging and intimidating to go into the gym for the first time or a fitness class. And that's why a large, a very large pop part of the population never goes anywhere to work out. And there's a lot of people that, you know, work out at home or do things on their own. But there is a very large percentage of the percentage of the people that don't work out because they've had experiences that have made them feel bad or they're just scared. Like it's intimidating to go to a gym or a fitness center because all you see are like fit bodies or so-called fit, like what you would think of as a fit body. And it's, if you don't fit that mold, you feel like, well, I don't fit in there. There's, there's no one like me there and they're going to judge me and you're already uncomfortable. So that kind of is how I felt for a lot of years. I started in fitness at 16 years old 
as a way to kind of feed into my already existing eating disorder and disordered behavior around my body and fitness in general. I was a dancer, a young dancer, and I struggled in the dance world with, you know, my body because I don't have what was perceived at the time because I hopefully kids aren't going through this now is I was told many times I don't have a dancer's body. I'm very short and I was not, didn't have those long limbs that you see uh, dancers have. And there was no Lizzo with, you know, all sizes of dancers back then. I had dreams of dancing for Janet Jackson. I'm going to date myself right there, but there were all of her dancers were one type of person. And so I was told many times from my dance teacher that I didn't have the look of a fit of a, of a dancer. And so I went, got into fitness to kind of help change that, to help make my body smaller in some way. So I could eventually be a dancer. So I got a job at a gym at living well lady and the desk person, the manager said, Oh, you're a dancer. Teach this class tomorrow. I was 16. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know. I didn't know. And I got up there and I did a high low aerobics class because that's all we had back then was just high low. And it was probably quite awful, but I learned a lot along my journey because that was many years ago. And I got into fitness in a very weird way, like without any formal training. Eventually I was trained. And then also because I was trying to make my body be smaller and be tiny and be a dancer. So I got into the fitness in a very weird way. And then it only got worse because when I would go to fitness conferences or take trainings or be in the gym, whatever gym I was teaching at, those messages of being smaller that were everywhere in the, in the marketing messages, in the, in the sales tools that you're helping people to commit to membership, to everything that we did teaching classes, the, the communication that we would have in our classes. Everything was for um, weight loss and it was just very toxic for me. It had fed into my eating disorder. It fed into so much disordered behavior and a lot of weight cycling where I would just kind of go back and forth and, and fall out of fitness completely. I would go from an instructor to feeling like, oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough to be in this position. I should not be standing up in front of people. I am so unhealthy right now. And I'm not meaning... I gained weight and I'm un I'm unhealthy. I was doing very unhealthy things like all kinds of pills. And I mean, you name it, I've tried every way of making my body smaller possible over the years. And it wasn't healthy. And many times I couldn't even physically work out because I didn't have enough fuel. At one point I was hospitalized for overexertion and not having any you know, hydration or fuel in my body. And that kind of messaging, I was rewarded at my job for being smaller, but not being healthy. Like it was just bizarre, but that's all I knew. And again, I suffered silently and I just went on my way and would be in and out of the industry. So if I would be teaching one year, the next year, if I had struggles, like I was coming off an eating disorder and I was trying to be healthy, like truly nourish my body, I didn't feel like I should be a fitness instructor because... I started to gain weight or I wasn't, you know, I wasn't small enough or I didn't fit the mold. So I'd find myself coming in and out. And again, I struggled with even 
going to take a fitness class because I felt like someone was going to judge me because they'd look at me and say, oh, she she looks heavier than before. And it's all that people would talk about is weight loss or weight gain. They would snicker if you gained weight. They would compliment you if you lost weight, even if it they have no idea how you lost weight. I once went through a really bad breakup and lost weight, and it wasn't, again, in a healthy way. And it just reinforced that I should... I am most valuable if I'm small. It doesn't matter if it's healthy or not. So I found myself really struggling to fit in in the industry. About a decade ago, I started exploring different ways of being healthy beyond weight loss. And at first it was like very bizarre. Like you hear about body positivity, which has been around for a very long time. And that didn't really jive with me because I, the thought of being like positive with my body just seemed far-fetched, like really opposite of what I've always, how I've always treated my body. So I finally stumbled upon health at every size. And that, that way of being really made a lot of sense to me. Again, at first it was hard to buy into because of the fact that it's opposite of what we've been trained to believe our entire life especially if you're in fitness and, you know, pivoting and trying to be more neutral with my body and accepting and compassionate was hard. It was super hard to do, especially because we're faced with all these messages from the outside world. And even in my own industry, I would go to a fitness conference and struggle to feel like I belong there. And at points I was even presenting content and I just felt like I I'm I don't belong here because I wasn't I didn't look like everybody else so there's a lot of struggle through the years that I've had that have helped me to learn more and again start with myself and be more compassionate with myself and now that's like my greatest purpose in helping others not experience the struggle that I did as or as as long I have clients that are much older than I um, I have clients that are younger. I love it when I see parents embracing this and then their children are, are they have a whole different outlook because of how they're raised. Because I was raised in a very diet culture household where it's all my dad talked about was calories and, and our weight and, and exercise. And it's kind of where, in addition to the dance world, where I got a lot of my beliefs in in bodies my my fat phobia quite honestly and redoing all that if if I could see other parents not treating their kids in this way I just think of those future kids becoming adults and not spending all this time and money and energy trying to do things that aren't healthy and really don't bring any joy to their lives or or greater purpose. It's just really, really toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so much power in the story that you're sharing, right? Um, in your story, there's so much power to that. And I believe that, you know, being able to share our stories, right? The stories of your journey from, you know, from the adversities to where you are now is very important for people to hear. So I appreciate you sharing that. Because um, people will look at you and be like, oh, she's so confident, right? She has this business. She can dance and she has the moves. And, you know, and, and people don't realize that it took a lot of work, right? Like, um, yeah. 
a lot of mental work, a lot of hard work, a lot of like physical work, right? To get to where you are. Um, and you know, and, and the work that I'm talking about is like the inner work by loving yourself, the message that you're sending out there or you're sharing today. It's like, you know, like you had to give yourself the loving kindness and compassion that, you know, that you share with your clients, with the people who go into your gym. Right. And it's, it's a, it's a very beautiful thing. Um, but I, I totally resonate with that shame, with that shame of like um, not being good enough, not being skinny enough, right? Mm -hmm. um, and like, um, because you're right, the messaging that we are bombarded with on TV, you know, on social media. Well, there wasn't social media yet when I, when I was growing up, when we were growing up, right? But yeah, like you look at magazines, you look at um, commercials and look at actors and actresses, like everybody looks the same and it's the standard of beauty, right? Right. And, um, and it's hard to see ourselves. Well, I'm a brown person, right? Like, and we, there's not, there weren't a lot of brown people on television or movies. And it's like, it's hard to be a part of that, right? So. So, you know, like, um, we don't talk about it, like, you know, and we're ashamed to talk about it because people are going to say, well, why are you so insecure, right? Well, you know, well, maybe you should exercise more, you should watch what you eat. And I remember at one point weighing 128 pounds and I was like in my 20s and my nurse practitioner told me that I'm 5'1". And she's like, you're overweight. You're almost obese. I'm like, and, and that was like, and she was really pressing the right buttons, right? And she's like, you need to start losing weight. And I was like, and I was so shamed about that. I was like, oh, okay. And and I totally took that as I did something wrong, right? Like, and, and that's a medical professional telling me that I'm not healthy, but everything else was, you know, I felt okay. I felt healthy, but I've, you know, and I was already going to the gym and I was already like, like I love going to the gym and, you know, and I was, I was a paramedic and I was working out a lot and I need to catch up with the boys and I was lifting weights and none of that was any consideration for this nurse practitioner. And she just told me that you're, you're overweight. Right. And I'm like, and I will never forget that. Right. And it's like, for you to share this story today, it's like, I, it brought me back to like all those, you know, like the fear, the intimidation, the shame around how we look and here you are created this space for women of all shapes and sizes right to come as you are and and find joy in moving your body and loving yourself oh christine it's a beautiful <laughs> story Woman, yeah so exciting. and it's so true what you said like weight stigma affects us and affects so many more people and it affects us silently so like you even said how you just sit and you have these memories, it forms our beliefs and it forms how we treat ourselves. It probably forms how we treat other people as well um, because these standards are unrealistic. But in addition, when medical professionals are doing this kind of stuff, it's based in what we assume to be health. But in the medical profession, they're using tools like BMI, which is completely flawed it's built on racist standards so it's not really meant to be used it was never designed to be used for medical uh measurement of any kind really definitely yeah. not for health i mean there's so much research on 
the person that invented it is uh, a mathematician. It was has, had to do with insurance. Insurance. Like it had to do with money. At the end of the day, it had to do with the coin. And the fact is like, we just assume, you know, you bring your kids to doctors and they'll tell a 13 year old, oh yeah, you're overweight. And that sticks with you that you build your whole like belief system about yourself and your worth is built on that. And it's not really, it's not helpful either. So just say you do have some kind of underlying condition, take out the weight completely. And they say, okay, you are pre-diabetic or you are XYZ, like whatever the condition is that they want to help you be healthier, like weight is not, um, is, it's not a, a, a habit. It's not something that you can do or, or, or necessarily change. Genetics plays a big factor in it. So when you go and tell someone, child, adult, whoever, that like, oh, you're overweight, you should lose weight. That's not really helpful to the outcome. Like you should be focusing on what the actual physical health problem is because if they don't have any kind of health concerns you could be setting them up for health concern by pushing them into an eating disorder or some kind of disordered habits around food because you don't have to have a full-blown eating disorder to have health issues from disordered eating people are doing all kinds of crazy elimination diet thinking it's for the sake of health and it's one thing if you're doing it because this makes me feel better. I feel clear in the head and I have more energy or I don't have digestion issues. Like people have intolerances and allergies and all those kind of things. But when you base it on weight, like I'm trying to shred or slim down or whatever the case may be, like to get smaller and you're doing like these diets that let's face it, 95% of diets people go on, they fail they weight cycle, they put on more weight when they started. That causes way more health concerns in your body than if you just were a few pounds overweight with no other underlying conditions. So like you're telling people to lose weight and it's just it's just crazy to me. Like I've had that issue all the time in the doctor where they're telling me I come in with like a runny nose and it's like, oh, maybe we should get you on a diet. Oh, I didn't realize that <laughs> what I eat will affect a... a sinus infection like it really is <laughs> bizarre and and I'm not I I exist in a like mid medium-sized body I wouldn't say I'm definitely considered overweight by medical professionals but there are people that are far larger bodies than mine that face far more stigma and discrimination and so much more and it's it's in every place they go whether they're flying on a plane or um just walking down the street and just eating at ice cream. Someone in a smaller body eats at ice cream. No one's like, oh, you must have great metabolism. That's great. But someone in a larger body, they're like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. So it's so much judgment, shame. The standards are ridiculous. Like it's just, it. there's just so much. And this is, again, why I created the studio. So when someone walks in, the first thing that someone is faced with is not like, you know, let's get you smaller or let's weigh you or measure you or let's show you pictures of small people so it inspires you. No, we're going to celebrate you and we're just going to move. Like there's no pressure to have any outcomes. It's just we're going to move because let's find out what it feels like an hour from now. You walk out of the out of the studio and you feel good. You're inspired. You're like, oh, I want to do that again. There's no pressure to do what everybody else is doing. There's no pressure to lift a certain amount, no pressure to do a certain amount. There's no pressure to 
you know, do jumps or whatever. It's you do you, you find what works for you and will help keep you motivated, keep you inspired, keep you safe, obviously. Like that's part of our job here. And to make it really interesting and fun and create a community so that way other people are coming for the same reason and they're inspired too. They're they're not coming in they're not coming in to change their body, but instead coming in to feel better about the body they have right now. And change may happen. Like it can happen. And it's not a priority, right? No, it's not the priority. Go to the gym to be smaller, right? It is to to love pretty much your, you know, yourself, like to enjoy your body and, you know, and move your body. I, that gave me chills. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's different. Everybody has different workouts that they may gravitate to or enjoy. Like I love to dance. I grew up in dance. I love music. I love connecting anything to music. There are other people that like, no, they don't, they don't want to hear music while they're working out. They, they might want to practice a form of yoga and then really connect to their breath. They may want to go for a run. They may want to do a boot camp. Like everyone is different. So we don't have to all do the same workout, but finding something that you really enjoy. And I don't mean you're smiling happy the whole time. Like there might be points that is challenging. It's like, okay, this exercise is challenging, but it's rewarding. Like I know I'm getting stronger. I know I'm I'm getting more capable of being able to chase my son around as he gets older. I know that especially the aging process is not very kind. As I get older, I realize, wow, getting up off the floor with a toddler is quite different in my late 40s than it, you know, is in your 20s. You know, it's it's hard. I hear you. Struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. And um and, you know, I'm, I'm super happy that you are going to be at the conference coming up in May. Um, I, you know, like I wanted you to do both things. I wanted you just to talk and teach and dance, right? But, um, you know, like, and like, but no, I can't do that. Because <laughs> there's so many, so many other perceptors that we need to bring in. But I'm just like, because I really wanted you to be able to share, you know, your mission. Because your mission is very inspiring. Uh, and I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation so you can share that mission, right? And your story, which is very powerful. Um, so at the conference, uh, you're going to be presenting joyful movement. Uh, so tell us a little bit more of what the attendees can expect. So uh, as I mentioned, I do like to dance. And because of the space that we'll be in, one of the other work, two two other workouts that we do at the studio that are so much fun and like, really exemplify like joyful movement for a lot of our clients. We do trampoline workouts. So you have individual trampolines. They're hard to like bring with you and not everybody has one that they can bring too. So we do those and do trampoline workouts in our studio. The other thing we do in our studio is bungee, which is you just have to go to our social media and watch a video. You are in a harness and you are flying. Yep. You are flying. Yeah. You are a superhero and it is it is absolutely one of the most amazing workouts I've ever done. And we have that exclusively in our studio. Those workouts I can't bring to the conference as much as I'd love to. I just can't. So we're going to be dancing and I love all genres of music. So I can't even tell you quite yet what the playlist will be because I love a new song coming out and getting inspired by it. Like Pink just put out a new album and we're dancing to a few new Pink songs. Someone else could have a new album out next week. And then we're dancing. Six, the musical came to Philly, got all into the Queen. 
Uh, we do everything from Broadway to hip hop to pop music to oldies, which I have to say, when you start hearing that the 90s are oldies music, I start, I think of oldies like, you know, Motown. And yes. Yeah. Don't so, oldies. Not yeah. Oldies. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing that the 80s and 90s are oldies. It has been quite. I know, I know. It's no, rough. I'm denying that. No, they're not allowed to say that. I love the 90s music, and I listen to it like yeah. Um, if I'm on my Peloton, I look for 90s hip hop R&B. And my daughter and I, my daughter's 10, we will be in the car if we're gonna go to Philly. I put 90s hip hop and R&B, and she and I would think she better not call it oldies. we have to think of an in-between name because yeah i think of oldies like stuff my parents listen to with like motown even some disco could be considered oldies but yeah once you get to the 80s no it's 80s 90s but so i'll have a mix of just about everything and i always infuse in my classes coaching and cueing that is not connected to any kind of earning or burning our food there's no uh, right or wrong way to do anything. You just want to kind of find ways to move your body that feel good and make you feel um, just exhilarating and just really proud to move. Like if you feel uncomfortable moving your body, you won't move it as much. But when you really feel like liberated and you feel confident, then you'll move more and and you just feel better. You get better better results like from you know, energetically how you feel from a workout that you move a little bit more in. So I'll infuse some coaching that, again, does not include like any kind of reference to the way your body looks or the way you need to change your body. We'll be celebrating bodies. We'll also be coaching in a way that just makes you feel positive about your body in the moment. Because there's a lot of, we talked about this episode, like shame and judgment and all those things that pop up in our own minds because of our life experiences. And I want to remove all that from a fitness class and really make the fitness class be a moment where you are not reminded of any of your flaws. You are really perfect as you are right now. And you just move and connect to the music. Cause again, I'm a music person and just have fun and sweat or some people don't sweat. It's really an individual, an individual thing. God bless the people that don't sweat. I'm a sweater. I <laughs> yeah, I love it, Christine. So it's like they take your class, and um, and then they will feel liberated. They will feel energetic, and they will, and we will celebrate everybody's bodies and movements, right? I love it. It's gonna be fun, and I'm so excited about it. I'm, I can't wait to meet you in person. Same. I can't wait for this whole conference. I've you've been releasing all the presenters, and whether it be a lecture or a workout, it's just like packed with so so much content. It feels like this should be like a three day conference. Like it's just so so many really great and interesting and really unique things. Mm-hmm. So it again a lot of things that you don't normally talk about. That I think it's important to talk about these things like in the, in the work that I do, but then even when we talk about like women's health and everything, there's so many like taboo subjects that we don't, we don't talk about, but we really should like, we should talk about these things. 
Yeah, I agree. Thank you for for mentioning that. Um, and thank you. I, I feel I feel validated, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's um, it's that's what we're trying to do to talk about ta- taboo topics and also bring in like you know different different types of workout, different types of um, speakers, um, you know, different presenters, and you know, and as you can see, like it's it's a event where in and very diverse, and that's what we're known for in our conferences so it's a, a diverse group of women from different backgrounds and diverse group of speakers right from different backgrounds as well and you know and i'm not just talking about the race but also in ages you know in different colors sizes and all different experiences in life right to be able to share their powerful stories right in one space because someone in that room will resonate and will be inspired so yeah so yes. i cannot wait i'm excited thank you again for saying yes um, but before I let you go, I have some rapid fire questions for you. Is sure. that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So these are the rapid fire questions you have to answer with one word or one sentence. Um, and it's going to be fun. All right. You ready? Ready. All right. So if you can have any job in the world, what would it be? Well, I love what I do now, but if it'd be something different than what I'm doing now, I would say a makeup artist. I've always loved makeup and I wanted to go to like a class to learn. I used to get my makeup done a lot for projects that I did. So I love the artistry uh-huh. when makeup is done really well. Yeah, I agree. Makeup is so much fun. Yeah, it is so much fun. I agree with you on that. Um, all right. So... Who is a famous person you would like to meet, dead or alive, and why? Hmm. Well, I bet you a lot of people would say Oprah. I would all, especially because the work that I'm doing now. I would like to question Oprah about Weight Watchers, though. I don't want to necessarily uh, yeah. go into like, oh, I worship Oprah, but I'd like to question like, why? Why are you still doing this? Why are you after her, so watching her struggles through? So much of her television show and seeing her just weight cycle and here's the like one of the richest people in the world so many resources so smart and she's still like buying into the weight of it all like so i'd love to just sit down like in a very like really not in an um not like a weird way that i'm like questioning her but like really i'd love to know like how she's here curiosity exactly and really understand like wow if you're still like buying into all this garbage that's out there with weight loss and and our worth being tied to our body um how is anybody else gonna not like resist all that messaging so i would love to just be in a room with her and and interview she's like on my podcast she's like my number one wish list which i would probably um have a heart attack if she ever (laughs) walked on my show but right but i'll put it out there in the universe yeah yeah oh wow um that is that's very interesting that is very awesome for you to like you know like want to speak to oprah about right so that's that's really cool yeah um and if that ever happens i cannot wait to see what she has to say (laughs) yeah Uh, all right next question you ready Mm -hmm. all right what is your biggest motivation for getting up in the morning partly it's my son, like my husband and my son. Like, I feel like when you're growing up, you, I don't know if 
you're anything like me, but I was, I was a, I'm a pleaser. So I wanted to make my parents proud. I did things to like make my teachers proud and, and make everybody else proud. And then you spend a portion of your life just like living your life. And then I think at a certain point, you start thinking about like what's after this and like what legacy am I going to leave for my child? And so that really motivates me to make sure that I'm doing things that he'll look upon as like very, be very proud of his mama. And also just like putting out into the world, like value each day. Like I want to wake up and I try to create something new every day. So if it's just like a little snippet of choreography in a class or a blog post or even a social media post that someone will be like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be mean to myself anymore. So like just putting something out into the universe that could hopefully make someone else else's life a little bit better. That's what motivates me. I love that. Um, I hear you on the people pleasing part. Like I'm a recovering people pleaser. You know, so I hear you on that. But um, but I love the motivation of like um like putting value out into the world because, you know, like also when you do that, your son sees that our children watch us, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the legacy we leave behind, the the memories of us to our children. So I think that's a very beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, last question. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you love to be complimented on? So I used to love being complimented on my body because I worked very, very hard. And I definitely like I put a lot of value on that. And now that is the one thing that I don't want anyone to ever talk to me about or talk to anybody else about. So like I want people to never talk about someone else's body because you don't know what they're going through. They could be going through something really challenging, medical issues. And then you're complimenting them. And if they are doing something very unhealthy, you're reinforcing that belief that like, oh, I, I should keep doing this because I am valued and loved at this the, because of the way I look. So I want to be complimented on the work that I do and the love that I give. Um, and again, just like no mentioning if I gain weight, if I lose weight, just don't talk about my body. It's none of your business. And I'll do the same. Like, I will not talk about someone else's body. It can be hard, though, because so many people, like, you watch the Oscars, you watch award show, you watch TV, you're like, oh, that dress. Like, you want to make a comment about someone's body. It's like, no, 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 you cannot make a comment about someone else's body. Please don't do that. So that's, like, my number one thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I truly appreciate your time today. I appreciate the wisdom that you have shared today. It's all coming from the heart, and I and I appreciate that. Um, but before I let you go, I always ask my guest um, to have the last words before we say goodbye. So what will be your parting words to our listeners today? I like to tell people that there's you're, you're not obligated to move your body or to be healthy in any way. Like you do you. I think that in the fitness industry, a lot of people have thought that like, oh, you're a fitness instructor, so I'm not going to do certain things around you because you're going to judge me or, and that, that you, from this conversation, you get that that's not how I roll. But I also just think that people shouldn't feel obligated to work out or obligated to be healthy. Um, do it because you want to do it and you want to 
live a life that's full and you have energy and you sleep well. But I hate when people feel like, oh, I have to go work out. Oh, I should be doing this. You don't, there's no obligation. You're not morally superior. If you work out more than someone else, you're not a better person because you're healthier. You're not better if you're richer. You're not better if you're any anything. We're, we're all just living our lives and we're all that we all offer value in the world and i hate when it's based upon health i think healthism is a huge problem so um i want people to feel that they can they can stop working out maybe there's something going in their lives that doesn't serve them this week and they need to just rest and sit on the couch and relax don't feel bad about yourself i feel like celebrate all that you do in your life and you're physical health is just one part of your health, one part of you. I love that. Thank you so much, Christine. And with that, we say bye. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you at our upcoming events. Go to divagirltribe.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at divagirltribe. Become a member and join our Diva Girl 411 Facebook group.